You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast, episode number 414. Mountain Lion Lives While I Work Dies. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 414 in the c- continuing little bit of madness we like to call our corner of the web. Uh, Gaz is not here tonight. He has decided to take an, an impromptu vacation. Uh, but in his stead, I have Tim Verporten, uh, Surf Bits. Hello. Hey, Tim. How are you? Thank you. Uh, now, f- for people, and I-, I can't believe I'm saying this, but for people who who might not know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, my blog is surfbits.com, um, and I've had uh, Mac Reviewcast podcast for, I think it was almost six years it ran, and I'm also, now I'm still on the Mac Roundtable podcast, you can find me, and uh, on Twitter at surfbits. Feel free to give me a, drop me a line. <laughs> so you're you're a long, long time Mac user. Uh, well, not really as long as some of these folks have been. I, I started back um, just before OS ten came out. Uh, otherwise, I was in I was in the PCs. I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> you, you you can say that. You know, we're we're, we're tolerant of our, of that, our PC brethren here. Yeah, that's what I was into since uh, oh the early '90s. So that's when I got into it. <laughs> now you were telling me that that you almost actually didn't make it tonight. That that you had some oh. some dental work. And your wife managed to have a a, a, a slight. I, I think it was the garage's fault. But I know it was a it was the garage door. And I and if I ever want to make sure I sleep in the same bedroom with her again, I'll definitely say it was the garage door's fault, not hers. <laughs> yeah, because of course the the wives they're always right. Uh, always, always, always. So it was a long day anyway. But I'm happy to be here, and it's great to be on the podcast. I've listened to it for a long time, and well, I appreciate and, it. Uh, really enjoy the work that you and Gaz do here, guy. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're different. <laughs> we're definitely different. Well, that's good. Different is good in podcasting sometimes. <laughs> now, uh, you've got something here that you were talking about that happened to you uh, over the last week that, that that's really kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Well. It's- Something that was non-garage or work or dental related is tech yeah. related, believe it or not. Wow. Was, uh, I've got, uh, I've been on Charter Cable and I've been on cable internet for many years and they do a really nice job uh, over here in, in central Wisconsin where I'm located and they do a nice job. But all of a sudden I started seeing my 30-bit download or my 30 MPS uh, download go down to about 04 download speed and the upload was just as bad so i did all the normal things i should do and you know unplugged reset rebooted just did everything i could until i finally had no idea so i called charter they checked on their end and they said everything should be working and finally i had to do everything again unplug reboot right and to keep them happy and they finally called out a technician well the tech came to the house and he checked all the wires that everything should be good. And I said, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Yes. Um, so he said, I'm going to change out the modem. So I had a, one of their newer Cisco modems and he changed out the modem and uh, it was still the same. 
And he said, this just can't be. This is a brand new modem. And I said, well, something's wrong, so let's change all the patch cables, which we did, just to make sure it wasn't that. And then we unhooked through the uh, time capsule that I have and went direct to the computer from the modem to make sure the time capsule wasn't bad. Still the same problem. So he says, well, let me try a, another modem. So the third Cisco modem made an entrance into the house, and <laughs> same thing happened. And he was really frustrated. Finally, he, you know, he came up with an idea. He says, I've got one of these old modems. They're called Ubis, which I've never heard of. He said, yeah, they're, they're a Taiwanese company that bought out some other big name one. I said, okay, if you say so. And it's an ugly blue little cable modem, you know, with more lights Naturally. on it than a Christmas tree's got on it. It's just flashing away. And he said, well, we'll give it a shot. So they plugged it in. Sure enough, download speed, in fact, was 50 it went up to. And my <laughs> up upload speed is back up to four where it should be. And it's just, you know, blinking away. I had to turn it away from me so the lights didn't bother me, constant going. But uh, it was unusual. It just kind of goes to show you that sometimes it just may be, you know, the least expected thing. You can keep changing cable modems. And I'm sure the modems probably themselves were good, but something was interacting with, my it, setup here, it didn't something. Like something. Yeah. yeah, very odd. And you know, um, I, I've been, I worked in electronics for a very, very long time, and I remember. I mean, I go back to the days when you would actually take components off of a circuit board and mm. try to fix it that way. I mean, I'm talking resistors and capacitors and diodes and Yikes. transistors and stuff like that yeah. with my little solder sucker and all the rest of that, <laughs> and. Um, these days, it's it, you don't do that anymore because all the all the components are so integrated that you 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 know you couldn't even have a solder tip small enough to unsolder some of the basic components on these boards. So so most of the technicians these days, it pretty much comes down to swaptronics. Mm -hmm. Basically, you know, change things out until it either starts to work again or or you actually break it worse. Right. And everyone knows who's ever worked on computers in their life that you just it's not a idea of guessing what's wrong. You guess what's not wrong and you just eliminate. And by the process of elimination, it's the only thing you can do. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I um, uh, my my neighbors went on. Uh, I don't want to call it a, a vacation. They had some family things to take care of. And the, the day before they left, um, uh, my, my neighbor's wife is a, a recent Mac user. And she mm -hmm. has a very nice MacBook Pro. As a matter of fact, it's a it's a better MacBook Pro than I have, which you know disturbs me in some way. <laughs> and uh, her her iPhoto library, you know, she she'd fire up iPhoto, and it would just come up and say, you know, library is corrupted, uh, restore from a backup, and the only option it gave you was to quit. Huh. And she didn't know what to do, so she dropped it off here before they they left on on their trip, and. I was kind of puzzled because I've never had a lot of problems with iPhoto. Now, my iPhoto library is relatively small, and mm -hmm. it wasn't until I actually started to fix the problem that I saw how big her iPhoto library is. It's like 28,000 photos. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, oh, I think it was her iPhoto library, I think, was in the neighborhood of 16 or 17 gigs. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a decent-sized library. And what I finally ended up doing was uh, I, I went into her pictures folder and mm -hmm. I found the, the iPhoto library. Um, uh, what kind of file is that? That's a, um, ah, darn it. Can't think. Well, anyway, it, the iPhoto library file. 
uh, made a new folder, dropped the iPhoto library file into that one so that iPhoto wouldn't see it when it started up, and started up iPhoto. It did see it, but it didn't try to load it. And I just mm. I started a new library, and then after I started the new library, or after the new library was loaded with nothing in it, I pointed it to the old library and told it to import, import. all the photos. Very good. Yep. And it did it. It took it probably two hours to mm -hmm. to bring everything in. And the weird thing was, after it was done, it it said that it had imported all of the photos except for a couple that it claimed were corrupted, which was probably the cause of the problem in the first place. But, uh, you know, I managed to to get all of her photos back, and she was a, a very happy person. Corrupted photos. I wonder what could have corrupted them. Uh, well, I, I didn't see them. I was, I was going to ask you that. If you were looking <laughs> at her photos, they're not 28,000 photos. There's a lot for you to go through, guy. No, I well, you know, you know, it was actually kind of hypnotic. As I was telling it to import all the photos, it would flash each photo as it was importing it in. Oh yeah. And you know, she's got two kids, so she's got, and her kids are now uh, like in fifth and sixth grade, something like that. But these pictures went all the way back to when they were babies. Mm -hmm. So as I'm watching these photos go by, it was almost this montage of these kids growing up. Yeah. And because most people, when they take pictures, they, you know, they center the people, you know, in, in the middle of the picture before they snap it, mm -hmm. it had this, this weird hypnotic effect. And, you know, I'm, I'm easily distracted by shiny things. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, I'm just sitting there watching it. You know, my wife had to come and snap her fingers next to my ear to make sure that I was, you know, still breathing yeah. or something. Whose kids are those? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I don't know, honey. I don't know whose kids those are. That was amazing. That was a good job you did on that, though. Well, she was well. She was happy, and um, what, I think one of the reasons why so many people have have gone to the Mac over the years is that you know most Mac users are are more than you know happy and willing to help out those in need. I I, I used to belong. Well, I still do. Uh, local user group, the Washington Apple Pie, and they used to do this thing. It was the um, the Tuesday Tuesday Fix or something like that, where everybody would meet at their offices that they used to have in Bethesda, Maryland. And if you had a computer with a problem, you'd bring that with you. And they had, you know, type, uh, typewriters. They had keyboards and mice and monitors. So all you really had to do was just bring the computer in. And they had a, really, a bunch of really, really smart guys. And, and they could usually, as long as it wasn't a hardware problem, they could usually fix whatever was wrong with your computer. Mm. Nice. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tim, why don't we jump over... Okay. to the mymac.com and, and talk about their recent articles. Okay. And before we do that, uh, public service announcement, remember that you can help the mymac.com podcast and the Stoplight Network by clicking on the Amazon affiliate link at the top, at the type, top, 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 top right of the mymac website. Doesn't cost you anything, and it really helps out the podcast. Yes, it does. Yep. Uh, why don't you grab that first one there, Tim? Okay, the World Card Mobile iPhone Business Card Reader and Scanner Review by Mark Greentree. Um, and, and, and he said, in today's high-tech world, it's surprising to see just how many businesses still use the humble business card to exchange contact information, which is true. Yeah. With the coming of smartphones and tablet devices, the traditional business-style cards uh, can now be easily entered in seconds into apps such as this World Card Mobile. And he said, overall, the World Card Mobile is an exceptional app that performs admirably well as advertised. 
It's a powerful solution for anyone who has outgrown the Contacts app. Who or hasn't? Sim- yeah, or simply <laughs> has an overabundance of business cards in the Rolodex. Mark gave it a 9 out of 10, but I wanted to discuss something with you. If you sure. check back on my SurfBits site in, in May of this year, just about, what, three months ago or so, we had, I reviewed it myself, too. And uh, at that time, I had a hard time with any kind of heavy graphics business cards. It just couldn't grab the names. I had to do a lot of manual typing in myself. The graphics made the card very dark. For plain named, uh, you know, calling cards, it works wonderfully. But anything, and you know how people love graphics on their calling cards. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything like that or shiny cr- cards, the kind with the, you know, that uh, had the ripples in them that you can turn and they show different things, almost impossible came up. So there is a caveat I found with this, you know, regular business cards are still the best. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, next up was Tech Fan Podcast number 87, TFCNN. Tim and David ignore Mountain Lion. Discuss the invention of the internet, big media companies, the Olympic coverage online, uh, Mitt Romney for some reason, uh, CNN's tech coverage headlines, Microsoft's Sparrow being taken over by Google, Flickr, and much more. And I've listened to that one, and, and that was a good one. Sounds good. Sounds good. Then uh, there was a Video Nation book review by Jefferson Graham, and it was reviewed by a new writer for my Mac is Roger Harmon. Welcome, Roger. Hey, welcome, yes. And Video Nation is a down-to-earth handbook for improving the production quality of your videos, which, believe me, everyone needs. <laughs> and it does it without breaking the bank. Uh, the author, uh, Jefferson Graham, knows what he's talking about, says Roger, because he's been there and is very generous in sharing what he's learned. And, and that's great. That's the only way that you can learn is somebody who wants to teach you something. Uh, and he's learned the hard way, too, so you don't have to. And Roger thinks it's a great read for those interested in making a better video. So it sounds like a great book. And last up on the – and I, I just added this, like, just before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Dark Knight Rises limited edition uh, mini, uh, Memobot uh, Bane X. It's a review by Mike Breed. Nobody can argue the recent popularity and publicity surrounding Christopher Nolan's final installment, as far as we know, of the Batman trilogy, The Dark Knight Rises. While reviews about the film and its characters may be mixed, I thought it was great myself, it's hard to say that the merchandising of Batman-related products hasn't been a success. Um, Mimoko has just added the characters of Batman and Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, to its popular line of character-themed USB 2 flash memory drives. He calls it a little pricey, but meant mostly for fans of the genre, and gives it an 8 out of 10. Yep, and they are cute. I've seen a picture of them in the, on the website. Yeah, I actually uh, I did an interview with uh, some of their reps. It was at a Macworld, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they had, it was, it was like a little Yoda star wars figure oh, yeah. yeah that we were that i was having fun with and you know we were talking about, oh and it, plus they had some animal ones that that basically you like rip its head off and, and shove the butt of the animal into your computer to make it work and <laughs> something about that just seemed wrong to me just totally wrong that's yeah. right i can't argue with you on that one you know i think PETA really should check something like that out 
Uh, yep. uh, we've got some feedback from the MyMac uh, website from Two Up Duck, and uh, I, I know this guy personally. He he actually works for the same organization that I do, and in reference to the MyMac podcast, talking about my when I was talking about my son going to college, he says, uh, "So now you've shelled out an arm and a leg on these new apps and other goodies for your son's new life of drinking debauchery for the next four years." God, I hope not. <laughs> I have a few questions on why you chose certain purchases and not others. You left your old 320 gig hard drive in the laptop. As a computer guy, I never, ever do this. The price of a newer, faster, larger hard drive is always a better option. You never have to worry about lost data or the older drive crashing in six months due to heavy use or storage. A new 750 gig drive on Newegg is about $105. Uh, l- uh, let me address that real quick. Yeah. Uh, actually, the the 320 gig drive that that I've got in that laptop uh, is only about a year old, because when I first bought that laptop, I think it had a 120 gig drive, and I, I outgrew that relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. So I I had gone ahead and already replaced it with the 320, and you know, guy is not super super heavy into multimedia he's not going to be making movies he's not going to be doing you know things that's going to take up a whole lot of hard drive space he's, and most of the school work that i imagine he's going to be doing is going to be you know word files things along those lines mm-hmm. so i i don't think he's going to outgrow that 320 anytime soon i'm just hoping he doesn't let the the, the laptop get lost or stolen mm-hmm. um yeah, the second that's... yeah the second one he's got here is you bought a copy of MF, MF, MS. <laughs> you were close, Ooh. baby. Closer with Whoa. MF than you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was close. Uh, MS Office. You might not know this, but our company that we both work for has a deal with Microsoft to purchase one or two pieces of software every couple of years for only $10. You get a DVD in a black and white DVD case, no manuals, no nothing, just the DVD and the install code number. And yes, they have MS Office for the Mac. And you sure it, yeah. they don't, excuse me, you sure they didn't buy this off like some guy in the corner? No, actually, uh, this, this, this is actually very, very true. Really? Uh, Microsoft has this program. It's called the Home Use Program. And if you work for a company that has a, a you know very, very large number of installs of Windows and Microsoft Office, depending on the, the people that work in your you know IT department, uh, they may have something set up with Microsoft to offer uh, you know, using the home use program. And I have used it in the past. As a matter of fact, last year uh, when uh, Microsoft Office 2011 came out for the Mac, I got a copy of it. I, I don't think it was $10. It was $25, which is still... Still a good deal, yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible deal. So I wasn't really eligible uh, to, to get another one so soon. But what I actually did was I, I bought the um, the family three pack, which I think was like $130 for the home student version. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a copy that I put on the, the laptop that Guy's going to take. I'm going to update the copy because I think my son Peter is still using uh, Microsoft Office 2004. So I, I'm going to you know upgrade him there. And I've got one copy left over that I can put on my wife's laptop. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, not at all. Uh, lastly, he says, I hope that Guy appreciates all the hard work you've done for him. Ha! 
and rewards you with straight A's and not showing up in six months with three D's, one C, and a hangover. Actually, I'm not really too worried about the hangover part. Uh, Good luck to Guy Jr. on your way into the real world of studying your butt off and making your parents proud. And God, I hope he's right. Yeah. Uh, no significant feedback from email, uh, and it's it's the usual uh, Twitter crazy stuff. Uh, if you follow either myself at uh, twitter.com forward slash MacParrot or uh, Gaz at twitter.com forward slash GazMaz, or actually our combined one, which is twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz, there's mm-hmm. like all kinds of crazy stuff happening in there, and we seem to attract different types of people so entertaining entertaining yeah thank you entertaining entertaining people so that's that's always a good time uh we did get some feedback from facebook though okay and this is from a good friend of the show peter bird he says hello guy and gaz i know it's probably an obvious subject but i have upgraded my mac to mountain lion (sighs) and i was pleasantly surprised that it runs better now than it did on lion I was wondering if it's just me or whether anyone else has experienced this. Keep up the great show. Thank you, Peter. Um, I have heard through you know various reviews of Mountain Lion that most people who have bought it are, are very pleasantly surprised and, and have gotten kind of a performance boost over Lion. You couldn't have got much worse than Lion. It's been <laughs> really... Lion, Lion's a stinker, that's for sure. Well, it you know, I, I think... My perception of Lion was clouded by just how many applications it broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking. We were talking before the show uh, about how I used to do the podcast, which was using Ambrosia Software's Wiretap Anywhere, which made it incredibly easy, and everything would just go directly in a GarageBand. But Lion broke that, and Ambrosia Software, along with Rogue Amoeba, you know, all these other companies that had this these software packages that would route internal audio, they were all pretty much screwed. You know, I I think that they've really had to kind of dial down what those programs were capable of doing just to make them work under Lion. Mm -hmm. That's not good. No, it really isn't. And and plus it just, it just seemed like it was more of a beta um, uh, OS than any app since the original OS 10 came out. You know, that was really rough to begin with for new users and this lion really was difficult i thought for me and for just listening on the web at what everyone went through yeah yeah now uh we do this thing every week and and i'm sure you you know what it is uh where we call it the 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 phobie word of the day okay and uh now the, the 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 particular one that i've chosen for this week is verbophobia and I'm wondering, do you know what verbophobia is? Well, only because I had to look it up when you oh, in the show notes. That's cheating. So I cheated. Yes, I did. Otherwise, no, <laughs> I did not know. It's a fear of verbs, I thought, to begin with. But I was close. No, yeah, that's not a bad guess. Do you want me to say what it is? Sure. It's an excess fear or hatred of words um, found, um, um, where was that? It's found specifically somewhere, wasn't it? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Just uh, words in general. I think just words in general. Fear of obviously, words in general. obviously, nobody, nobody on this show has that problem. No, 
No. <laughs> I, I, I butcher a lot of words in general, but oh, I yeah, don't fear the words I butcher. <laughs> no, I, but the only thing I fear is when my wife corrects me after I say the word wrong. Oh. Yeah, that's always like so embarrassing. It's embarrassing like, yeah. is right. You got to hope. No, no, no. I, I said it right. I said it right. Everybody else is wrong. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we, we have a tech news of the weird. And this is weird. Uh, found this at auditycentral.com. And uh, I, I don't know how else to go about this, but just read this story. It says, mm -hmm. we live in such a busy world that some people don't even have the time to go to church anymore. Luckily, and, and this ties into technology, mm -hmm. luckily, there's the Preomat, a mm -hmm. converted old photo booth that features 300 pre-recorded prayers and incantations in 65 different languages that lets you get your blessings on the go. I could have used uh, probably about 120 of those prayers today myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> unless uh, I, I what, what I don't think they'll have is is anything from the uh, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. So yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure how that would work for me. Uh, it says, waiting for the service at the local church or the temple takes time. And in this day and age, that's a valuable... i got to read this in an accent. That's a valuable commodity. But thanks to German mm -hmm. artist Oliver Sturm, you don't have to skip out on getting closer to the supreme being of your choice you happen to be worshipping. Known as the Gebetomat in Germany... The ingenious device has been branded as the Preomat for its transition to England, where it's gotten quite a bit of or quite a lot of attention since being installed at the University of Manchester as part of a study into multi-faith spaces. Wonderful. Isn't that special? Beautiful. <laughs> I feel so much better now. So do I. Oh hey, um, Tim, please. Yeah. We we need to we need to jump out of this. So uh, do you know what we say here just before the end? No, I'm sorry. Oh, all right. Well, you, you listen closely because I'm going to have you do this at the end of the next one. It's, okay. It's stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Technology is everywhere, and the internet could seem like a large, scary place. Well, let TeacherCast bring it into focus for you. TeacherCast.net features the best in app reviews, screencasts, how-tos, and so much more. TeacherCast.net is also available in the App Store. Be sure to check out TeacherCast, because students aren't the only ones with a lot to learn. British Beef, an American Pie, the G-Men, on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. This is section two of what is sure to be an action-packed show. Um, now, as as you know, most Mac users are probably aware of, and if they're not aware of this, then you know why the hell not? Uh, Mountain Lion is now out, and it's selling like crazy to anyone whose computers are capable of running it, which is not my computer, which sucks. And yeah, as I understand it, Tim, not yours either. Right. I, I do have a MacBook Pro at the office that I, that I can install it on, but because the office uh, uses proprietary or proprietary, uh, proprietary, Windows, yeah, proprietary. There's the word. <laughs> I said I butchered a lot of words. Yeah, I never no, fear that's any, fine. But I that's fine. 
Yeah. Um, I can't. Uh, I'm playing the I'm playing the part of the wife right now. Yeah, it's uh, proprietary. They got to help me on stuff like that. But because, <laughs> because of that, um, they use some really old Windows XP server software, and Ooh. and they won't let me switch until I can prove that it won't break the system. So I'm stuck. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Now uh, the Mac Pro you have is that the three gigahertz model? Um, no, it's the two point six six. The Mac Pro one point one. Yeah, and I updated That's it with uh, sixteen. I got sixteen gigs of RAM, and I put in a one gigabyte uh, fifty-seven seventy video card. Um, I've got a SSD drive in it, so I mean it's it's Sweet. fast. I know it could handle uh, Mountain Lion, but Mountain Lion won't take it. Yeah, it's that graphics uh, chipset mm-hmm. just w- won't let it happen. Now, you were talking about I didn't I, I wasn't really aware of this. I, I kind of heard about it. But I, I wasn't aware that anybody had actually followed all the way through in it. That there's actually someone did like a firmware patch that's right. supposed to allow you for like some of the older, at least Mac Pros anyway, to run Mountain Lion. Right, that's correct. And and I'll have to find the exact link to how to do it and put it in the show notes. Oh, I'm, um, I'm not so sure we want to do that because I, I don't, I don't, I don't well, want C- people CNET to blame did. me if something that's, happens. That's true, too. But it's on CNET if you go look for unsupported Intel Mac Pros on CNET. Uh, you'll see an article and it's got a link to it. And, and basically, you know, the Mac Pros that we have are showing 32-bit EFI firmware um, or 32-bit chips uh, for that. And what you got to do is go around it and, and use a, a 64-bit kernel and do a fake boot then install Mountain Lion and boot back into your regular system, and you've got it, supposedly. But that's a big supposedly for a production yeah. machine to take. And Well, and not only that, but, you know, this this isn't like, you know, you're going to install a program, and if the program doesn't work, well, you've got your backups. No, if, if you're making firmware changes mm-hmm. to your computer and something goes horribly, horribly wrong, then something is go- has gone horribly, horribly wrong, and right. you could be in a world of hurt. Right. Yeah, it's just not something I, I think I want to jump into now. We'll wait and see down the road if, if there's other solutions that come about, which there may be. You know, Obviously, it won't be from Apple, but we'll yeah. see what else. Well, I know that there's been, you know, this is, I, I hate going into rumors, but there, there's, um, I know Tim Cook made some references to... Uh, a new design for the Mac Pros coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would you be looking for in, in a redesign of the Mac Pro? Well, everyone's kind of thinking of the size factor being a little bit smaller, more of a midsize. But to me, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it sits underneath my desk, and it doesn't matter if it's the size of a shoebox or the size of a moving box. As long <laughs> as it doesn't get in my way, I'm not going to move it one way or another. So I'd like something that you still can put in cards, switch cards, uh, just load with a, just a buttload of, of RAM and... Uh, and more connections than you ever desire. You know, several, several Thunderbolt, uh, USB 3s. You still got to have some eSATA drive connections I'd like to have that built into it. Uh, I'd like to see, um, uh, you know, just as many drive bays as there are now, at least four of them. A couple optical drive bays as there are in these older ones. Uh, they're all important. You know, if they didn't change design much at all and just gave us all the updates, the latest and greatest, I think everyone would be pretty happy. You know, I'm thinking that the the next Mac Pro 
mm-hmm. may not even have optical drives. That you know they'll say, well, if you need uh, optical drives or optical burners, we have you know external solutions that you can use with either USB or Thunderbolt or something along those lines. I would like to see a Mac Pro with two, uh, two drive bays, which would give you you know your your main drive and then another drive for uh, documents and things along those lines. Or even possibly the second drive to use with boot camp. Uh, no optical drives and the maybe just two card slots. So, mm-hmm. I mean, really reduce it in size. Bring the price down to something along the lines of what the IMAX sell for. But, you know, it's, it's a more powerful machine without the monitor. Mm. Well... There you go. There's two different opinions from people that have the you know the same Mac Pros now. So, yeah. how, you but know, I, how can I'm you win off. if you're Apple? Whenever they come out, how can you win? You know, you're either you're the people on your side or the people on my side upset with whatever they bring out. So I, I don't know if I'd be upset if if it had a, a similar form factor to what it has right now. Because um, I'm I'm definitely. I mean, I have been looking at some of the various sites that sell. Uh, used Mac Pros in the, the 3.1 to, you know, the, the ones that came out about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm so very tempted to go ahead and get one. But what's holding me back is the fact that, you know, I think Apple is going to update them relatively soon. By relative, mm-hmm. I mean six months. And I don't want to buy a machine right now without knowing what's coming down the road. I know, I know, but it's always that's always the problem with buying Apple hardware. You know, it's just a it's a difficult deal. If yeah. you, if you know six months what's going to happen, you you'd make a right decision. But I think you buy for you know the old saying is you buy for what you need right now, guy. Yeah, and, for what you need right now. Y- yeah, and you're just happy with what you got when it goes on. I I'm sitting with an iPhone four on a two year contract that ends next spring, and I just seen now on Twitter uh, this evening that uh, Wall Street Journal is reporting September twelfth is is the Apple uh, iPhone five announcement event. So, yeah, along along with the iPad Mini or iPod Touch yeah. Biggie or, or but I mean I got to sit for six months, uh, another six months before my contract's up, so I can buy you know the five. But that's just the way it is. I'm happy with my four, and it does what I need it to do. So, well, and at the same time, you know uh, when the iPhone five does come out or whatever they call, they may just call it the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, There'll be the, the huge lines, as there almost always is, whenever Apple releases a, a new mobile device. And you won't have to worry about that because you'll still be under yeah, contract. And by right. the time you come out of contract, the lines will be gone. You'll be able to just walk in and say, yeah, yeah, give me one of them. I want, <laughs> I want that one right there. And they'll just smile yeah. and hand it to you. Yeah, that's right. Let's hope it works that way, huh? <laughs> well, that, that's, in, that's the theory, anyway. Yeah, there you go. Uh, something that that happened today, and as we record this show, it's Tuesday, July thirty first. Uh, all of the people who have relied on Apple's iWork service, yes, I'm talking to both of you. Yeah. Your service <laughs> is going to die at midnight tonight. It's oh. it's it's going away. Uh, the no. the functionality of iWork is being kind of rolled into. Uh, the the iCloud service, mm-hmm. 
Now, uh, again, before we before we started this segment, Tim and I were talking, and we were both using uh, the beta service of this when it first came out. And uh, you had said something kind of interesting to me about why you don't use it much. Well, I I just don't use it because it wasn't syncing to all my machines uh, correctly and, and all my mobile apps. But, you know, not like Google Docs does. And I've been using Google Docs for sharing uh, documents and spreadsheets from the office and at home and from other people. Um, isn't that what you use, too? Uh, Google Docs is what Gaz and I use for uh, the show notes. Oh, okay. And when we did the uh, the, the podcast contest uh, back around show, I guess it was 390 when we kind of started that, um, we kept track of all the prizes and all the contacts for the prizes and all the people who won the prizes uh, also in a Google Docs spreadsheet. And it was something else I used that was Google Docish, and I can't think of what it is now off the top of my head. Uh, I, I like Google Docs. I, I like a lot of the services. You know, I, I don't use Google Plus much, but I like most of the services that that Google has. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the one thing you have to remember, though, with any product that comes from Google, you know, yeah, okay, it, it's either extremely low cost or absolutely free. But there is no such thing as in, you know, free as in beer. Right. There's always some kind of price. And with Google, the price is you kind of give up any personal information that is embedded within the various services that they offer because they sell that information to advertisers so that you can have targeted ads that are more specific to the kinds of things that you that you typically look for, and that's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going off on a on an anti Google rant here, um, but it is something that that people who use a lot of Google services need to remember. If if you get upset over stories about loss of privacy from companies like Microsoft or Apple, well, you probably shouldn't be using Google services either. Mm -hmm. I've been using Gmails exclusively for many, many years, and I run all my business mail and all my sure. uh, personal and stuff. The blog mail all goes through Google just because it gets Gmail's got a great uh, uh, a great spam uh, program. Yeah. yeah, and also their uptime is is unbelievable. Yeah, and I really love the idea of folders, you know, or labels. And yeah. they, you think their folders are obviously not folders; they're just labels that are separated in a, like a smart folders. And it's it's great. The only problem I've run into is, you know, if something happens and you lose your information, there's no warranty. There's no one to call that helps you get it back. Um, you better have your own butt covered, you know, with downloading and keeping copies of your emails and everything that you sure. think is important, because uh, there's no handholding from Google. No, and make sure that you have like great passwords mm -hmm. for all of those services because and and using different passwords for various services because mm -hmm. if even one of your passwords gets out and you use that for anything else, it won't be too much longer before those same passwords will be tried everywhere. Yeah, that's true. And there's a particular password manager that we would have to drink if we talked about, but uh, we're not going to talk about that today. No. <laughs> no, now, now, speaking of, uh, and you know, here we go off into rumors again. The uh, the the next generation iPhone, 
there's there's been a lot of general discussion about the 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 next iPhone, what it's going to look like. It, is it going to be a slightly larger screen? And but I think the one thing that has not just potential users of the phone uh, talking, but possibly the people that make peripherals based on the phone and what the the rumor is is that the 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 30 pin connector that has been part of the iphone and uh the ipods and and ipads for what five or at least five or six years Mm -hmm. could be going away for a uh a slightly smaller connection connector which means all of your current peripherals that use the old thir- or the current not old it's not old yet until apple releases it uh the current 30 pin connector will be out of date with any new devices that you buy and and this is assuming that apple doesn't also make some kind of little you know 30 pin to 30 pin you know giga to connect between old devices and new devices Right, and I think if they don't, there'll be you know third parties like Belkin or whatever doing it oh, shortly. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when when I heard this rumor, it was several months ago when they started when this rumor came out, um, and at the time they said that the reason Apple was doing it, one of the reasons they were doing it, obviously, was to get more room on the bottom of your iPhone for other for another connection or other other items that can go on the bottom. You know, when you look at the bottom of your iPhone and see, the connection takes over half the bottom of your iPhone and space up. Sure. And I can see that. You know, it's, it's a side reason. It might be a side benefit. It, we, we can uh, enjoy a different, uh, another connector of some sorts, and we can only guess what it would be. But seriously, there's a lot more updated and modern ways of doing things thunderbolt is one of the you know one example what that can all pull through those wires are unbelievable you know for audio video and everything else power um so let's hope that if they do it they do it for a better reason than just to save some space yeah yeah and i know that apple had some problems with the eu uh talking about the 30 pin connector since you know that is proprietary to apple and they don't allow anyone else to use it on their phones so I, I think part of it was they were trying to to see if apple would go to like the uh the mini usb port boy uh no that'll never happen no i don't see that happening either no well it'll be interesting and when it comes out we'll we'll listen to what apple's pitch is on it and and see if it makes sense and uh well if anything all the uh people who make the peripherals are going to be happy little campers <laughs> well except for if they have a lot of stock with the, using the old one but right. you know the thing the thing to remember is you know the th- this 30 pin connector that we've been using for you know 4 5 6 years was never going to be there forever and that you know eventually something was either going to replace it or you know the devices you know like if the iphone had completely bombed we wouldn't even be talking about it it wouldn't matter because there wouldn't be any devices that used it Mm -hmm. uh like example the original ipod was firewire only and you know the, the switch was made to usb and all the peripherals all the firewire peripherals that they had for ipods became obsolete at that time uh, I, I guess the only real difference 
is scale because at the time that Apple made the switch between Firewire to USB, I mean, there were a lot of iPods out there, but not on the scale that, you know, the, the current iPods and iPads and iPhones, you know, just the sheer number of those devices that are out now is, you know, it's staggering in comparison to those old iPods that used Firewire. So, mm-hmm. you know, things, you know, technology changes. Apple drags people kicking and screaming into the future, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, we all we all seem to uh, just kind of get over it and, and move on with whatever the new hotness is. Right. You know, what are, what's our other choices? Not, not get the iPhone 5 would be our only choice. And you've got to think that if they do make a switch over on the 5, you're going to see the same switch over on the next model of the iPad also. Sure. Yeah. You know, and you know, and I just bought a 4S, I guess, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And I bought the uh, the the new iPad, the iPad three, when I gave my son Guy my uh, my first gen. Mm-hmm. So you know, I guess if I really wanted to, I could be bitter. But honestly, most of the connections that I make to either one of those devices are wireless. So I it doesn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either going to be Bluetooth or um, you know three G or four G. Right. You know, right. You're, the only thing that really bothers me is the charging aspect. You know, in the car, I've got several different connections for the cigarette lighter for charging as I go. Or, you know, around here, every other room's got a charger stuck in a wall somewhere for the iPads, the two I got in, and the iPhones and the iPods and everything else. So that's the only thing that's going to be trouble is just the charging aspect of it. Well, possibly. But aren't most of those just like USB output? No, uh, the ones I've got, I mean, they slide into the 30-pin connector. That's what I'm talking about. They've got a connector in a 30-pin connector somewhere, and then they just plug in via USB or whatever to a oh, okay. to, a, to okay. a plug-in device, and, that, and that's how you charge it. So, you know, wirelessly, I don't, I don't know, unless they're really coming up with something ingenious here. So far, they haven't gotten close to wireless, wirelessly charging a device yet. Yeah, I just take my iPhone and I put it on my forehead and I just think power, there you power, go. power, <laughs> and then nothing happens. Well, what's really going to be sad is I got a wonderful uh, new clock in the bedroom from um, uh, Logitech that uh, I put oh, my yeah. iPhone in at night and it charges it and uses it for my wake up in the morning and, you know, the whole work. So I'm going to have to keep an old iPhone around just to make that thing work. And plus, not to mention the, because uh, I use a, a, a Mophie uh, battery case with my right. iPhone. So, you know, obviously those use a 30-pin connector. So I, those won't be moving over to any new phones anytime soon. Nope. Yep. And I think that's going to do it for uh, this section of the show, Tim. Now, you were taking notes at, at the end of the last break, right? No, I wasn't. Oh, man. I'm leaving it up to you because you do it so well. And if I did it, you know, I'd have gas after me for weeks because <laughs> I'm doing it. And I'm just going to play stupid here and I'll let you close out the no, 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 no. I'm the one that gets to play stupid on this show, mister. That's my job. So everybody, please. Start me out here. Stand by. Bye. To, to stand, stand by. by. And we'll be. Right, right back. Back.
All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you, only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at pocketsizedpodcast.com. And now I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. Desperately searching for the elusive East Coast Malasada, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone to the last segment of the MyMac.com podcast for this week. Um, now, typically, right as we're as we're coming into the third break, we have this little thing that we call Gaz's Tips. And we don't have, we still don't have a theme song for Gaz's Tips. No. So... Anyone who is like super good with GarageBand or, or just wants to make something funny and weird, you know, five to ten seconds, it's really all we need. Send it in. I will create, especially for the person that makes the a, a good Gaz's Tips theme, a, a special one-of-a-kind MyMac.com podcast Woody. Ooh. And Woody's are, I think, don't, don't diss the Woody. That's I thought you I said Woody guy. No, 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 no. They got to work on it. They, they got to do that on their own. Okay. I can't help them there. Okay. I don't want to help them there. No, amen to that. <laughs> okay. Well, we were talking about Mountain Lion earlier. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really hacked me off about Lion was that the, the save as command in the file menu pretty much vanished. Because uh, Apple, in their infinite wisdom, decided that constantly saving a document was a much better idea than possibly saving it under a different name so that you could compare the two of them. Oh. So, one of the one of the many joys of, of Apple doing our thinking for us, and thank Brilliant. you, Apple. But under Mountain Lion, the save as command is sort of back, though you have to kind of do some trickery to get it there. So if, if you have Mountain Lion, what you'll do is, let me see if I got this right. Uh, launch System Preferences from the dock, click through to Keyboard, then Keyboard Shortcuts. Click on the Application Shortcuts in the left-hand column, and then All Applications on the right. And if you click on the plus sign underneath the red-hand column, you type in Save As, 
in the menu title field and then click into the keyboard shortcut field. Holy now, macro, you got yeah, me confused uh, on that well, one. Well, I'll have, I'll have a link to, it's the it's a Cult of Mac article that talks about this. Oh, okay. Uh, press the keys that you want to use for the shortcut, like Command-Shift-S. Uh, Mac OS X Mountain Lion will add that into the field, and clicking Add will commit it to memory. And you do the same for duplicate, only add a different type of shortcut. And you know, I, I'm not going to go any more into this because it, it gets it's it's more than a little geeky. Uh, but if you go to the show notes for my Mac podcast 414, there will be a link there to the Cult of Mac article that you can uh, take a look at and check and and bring back the wonderfulness of Save As to Mountain Lion. Excellent. And that's the Gaz's tip. That started out so well, guy. Yeah, I know, I know. And then just ended in utter failure. It was tough, yeah. (laughs) Faithful at the end, but it started out well. Good job. Well, it it was with the best of intentions. That's the important part. Uh, Tim, do you have an app pick for us? Do I have an app pick? Have I ever come without an app pick? I've got two of them. Okay. One's an old one, one's a new one. Let's talk about the old one first. All right. News readers. Most people love news readers, and, and they all have their own. doesn't matter if it's an iOS app or your Mac app. This one is both for Mac and iOS. It's, it's an oldie but a goodie. It's NetNewsWire, and you can find it at netnewswireapp.com. Now, it's free. You get to see a little advertising with it free, but if you don't want the advertising, it's fourteen ninety five, and it's just an excellent program. It does so much, it's hard to even start to tell you what it does, but it syncs with Google Reader. So in other words, if you have it on one Mac, you have it syncing with your Google Reader, have it on another Mac, it keeps up with the articles you've read and the ones you've saved and bookmarked and everything else. So it goes from Mac to Mac. And what makes it better is when you throw it on your iOS, your iPod or your iPad or your iPhone, it does the same thing. Uh, you can take and upload to all the social networks like Instapaper, Delicious, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can also um, use it to put articles, use it through Mars Edit, which is uh, my uh, blogging uh, software choice. And you can blog. Now that's a Mac oh, app or is that iOS? Um, that's a Mac app, Mars Edit. Okay. And you can take it and put it into your blog if you want to with it. It's scriptable. If you like uh, Apple Script and like to play around with it, it's got tab browsers on it. You can do screenshots with it. It's a wonderful piece of software. And like I said, if you want no mind seeing a little advertising, free is a great price for it. Net Newswire. And then for a new one, this is called Notes Tab. And you can find it over at FIPLab.com. Again, it'll be in the show notes. And what that does, it's, it's um, a Mac app now, but it will be coming out with iOS apps that will sync with it. And what it does is it's a little text app, sort of, and you hit a hotkey and it pops in. You type text into it, messages. It keeps the messages saved um, in Notes tab instantly. You don't have to hit save. Uh, any pieces of information, you can copy and paste quick with it. Uh, and it'll work off of other applications with copy and paste. Uh, you could hit one button and you can share that note you just put in there with, via email. It'll pop up and it'll be in the email. It's got timestamps so you know when you did it. Wonderful searching so you can search for your notes. Um, and the hotkeys are customizable. It looks great. 
And uh, like I said, they have big plans for it to sync with uh, Dropbox and iCloud and also coming out with iOS apps. And that is free also, uh, which is what I love. And it's in the menu bar, which is another thing I love. So there again, notes tab. Yeah, and I just have I just have one app, just one. Oh well, I bet you it's a good one, guy. It is a good one. Tell uh, me about it. Well, it's Growl Ooh. by the Growl Project LLC, two ninety nine in the Mac App Store, mm-hmm. and anything that you have going on in your computer, you can use it with mail. You can use it with Twitter. You can use it with Facebook. You can use it with, you know, God only knows. There are so many different uses for Growl, and I I know that notifications under Mountain Lion has kind of taken some of the thunder out of <laughs> thunder out of growl but nice. yeah well <laughs> I, I actually when i started to laugh i thought it was much more clever than it really turned out to be <laughs> um growl is still one of those programs that it it's not it it, it it's not exactly you know a, a flashy type of app but it's one that will make your life so much easier especially if you run multiple programs at the same time, there's all kinds of plugins for it, completely customizable. It's a great little program, and for $2.99, you can't go wrong. Right. And I still think, even after seeing how notifications works with OS X, that Growl is still worth the money. Yes. People should get it. Yeah, yes, it's nice. Yep. Uh, we don't have a people's pick this week. And even worse than that, no new likes on Facebook. We're still at 130 likes for the show. You got to be kidding me! I know it's so sad, but we did get four last week, which was like, I think uh, the biggest jump that we've gotten uh, since we did the uh, the 400th episode contest. So Maybe we're just not I can't a complain too type. much. Maybe we're just not a Facebook type podcast. Uh, well, certain people. Uh, Magnetico and and Peter Bird and and some of the other you know great guys and gals that that continuously give me new material to uh, to feed off of and thank you also very very much. Um, they they seem to like Facebook quite a bit. Now we haven't put anything on Google Plus yet because my brain hurts too much and I just. <laughs> Don't have the time to go to you know fourteen different sites to see where you know all these these wonderful things that that people could could talk through to us with. Yeah, yep. I think I think Facebook, Twitter, the MyMac website, and um, uh, what was the other one? I guess that's it. That's it. Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh, Skype. Well, nobody who who uses Skype. Nobody uses Skype on this show. No, no, not on this show. <laughs> uh, so if uh, if you do use Facebook and you listen to the MyMac podcast, please go over to Facebook, the Facebook MyMac page. It's it's MyMac, uh, sorry, Facebook.com forward slash MyMac podcast, all one word. Click the like button and you will make me so very, very happy. But if, if you really, really want to make me happy, there is one very easy way to do it. What's that? Oh, just go to iTunes and do a review for the MyMac podcast in iTunes. You can do it now on any website that you can get the – sorry, any iTunes account anywhere in the world that, uh, that has the MyMac podcast in it because I've got CommentCast and I will – I will track down those comments. 
Excellent. and put and put them on this show. So we really, really all the hundred. I think it's a hundred and three reviews we have for the show right now. And That's great. Yeah, and iTunes reviews helps us out in ways that we can't even describe. And plus, I like to read them and think they're great. And I just need that kind of like personal uh, justification for the, the things that we do here on the oh, show. Oh, you just want to feel the love, guy. I want to feel the love. I need the love. Give me the love, baby. There you go. <laughs> Tim, if people wanted to contact you outside of, of you know, just opening a window and screaming Tim Verporten, how would yeah. you do it? <laughs> well, that's the best way, and let's try to keep it that doing that way. But if you, <laughs> if, if, if you don't want to scream, um, you can find me at surfbits at gmail.com, and surfbits.com is the blog, and definitely on Twitter, uh, at surfbits, uh, easy to find. So just keep surfbits in mind, and you'll find me. And uh, Gaz has several ways to get that you can get a hold of him. You can get a hold of him through the the emails at gaz at mymac.com. on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. That's G A Z M A Z. And uh, if you wanted to get a hold of me, I'm at guy at mymac.com. and twitter.com. Whoops, hold on a second. Oh, I wasn't ready. So bad, so bad. Gas isn't here. I'm just so used to it. Twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. There we go. There you go. I had to use soundboard at some point tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. You can also reach us through Fearless Leader Tim if you send him a message at feedback at mymac.com. And there is actually, if you go to mymac.com, there is a, a, a comment button that you can send and it'll go to Gaz and myself and fearless leader Tim may or may not know about it. Hmm. And the, the last way you can get a hold of us and, and we don't recommend you do this. As a matter of fact, we almost forbid you to use our Skype number, oh, which yeah. is area code seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. Do not use that number ever, ever. No, nope. thank you. Bad things will happen. Bad th- and usually to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, I, I really want to thank you for coming on tonight. I appreciate oh, it. Thank you for having me. I love the podcast and love the work you and and Gaz do every week. Thank you. Oh, uh, we we it's just it's it's great to have different people on and get their perspective on you know a, a more sane perspective. Well, on, I'm on the I'm world upset of Apple now that and you Mac. think I'm a more sane perspe- perspective than Gaz is. But <laughs> well, I was thinking more along the lines of just keeping me from like completely going off the ranch. Okay, good. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. So I I guess that's uh that's gonna do it for tonight. Thank you all so very, very much for downloading the mymac.com podcast. Please contact us in all the various ways that we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum during the show tonight. And we shall see you next week. And and um Tim, can can you read what that very last word is? No. It's right after the contact stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't see that. You don't see I it? Really, it's in the no. big red letters? Oh. Yeah, there it goes. Big red letters. And Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the Tech Fan Podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the Mac Specialist Podcast, and the All New App Minute Podcast. <laughs>
I thought 32-bit would be fine. That a Mac Pro was divine. It took Apple, of course, to throw me off that horse as it got mauled by a mountain lion.